welcome to another episode of the Good Listening To podcast with me, Chris Grimes. And why am I calling it that? Because that's my name. And a good listening to, after all, is what coaching is all about. So a GLT with me, CG, see what I'm doing there, is my new podcast series with a strong storytelling imperative and with the simple aim of inviting my guests to a space called The Clearing, where we get to shake their tree, hear their story and amplify their brand. Who are you and what's the story that you tell? So yes, welcome to a GLT with me, CG, and we're recording. So I bid you welcome to What You Need is a Damn Good Listening To with me, Chris Grimes, and it's my absolute great pleasure to introduce Mr. Henry Kaplan. Woohoo! Oh, my goodness, I had no idea there would be applause. Thank you so much, Chris. Sound of one man clapping. I'm sure you're used to that. (laughs) And um, you are someone who's been known to me for the last 10 years since I started at Working Voices. Um, As we have discussed, this is a spontaneous interview where the aim is to amplify the voice and the personality of Working Voices. I've known you very, very affectionately and warmly for the last 10 years. Um, You always make me smile, Henry, and it's just always a joy you never not laugh when you're in your company and um, (laughs) we'll we'll get on to that so um this is called what we need is a damn good listening to it's because coaching for me has always been about giving people a damn good listening to so it's my pleasure to do that for you today henry so um first of all how's morale how's today going for you so far Today is going very well. In anticipation of recording this, I, uh, it was swimming through my unconscious because I, I answered some questions in the pre-work and went to sleep and I was sort of still doing the exercise. I woke up at six in the morning here in New York, went out onto my deck. Uh, I'm actually staying at my girlfriend's, her deck, yeah. and saw New York with the sun rising and the gorgeous view of Manhattan. And we're still here. I love that. And of course, you know, these are curious times. And of course, there's the lovely dynamic of our di- different time differences. It's the morning for you and it's the middle of the afternoon for me. Hurrah. So my first question to you, Henry, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to come into a place called The Clearing, which we'll discuss. But my first question is deliberately a clunky one. Uh, in the world of dinner parties that we all go to or networking events, there's often a really clunky dynamic where people who don't know you at all are sat next to you and then they'll suddenly spin round, look at you and say, what do you do? We've all experienced it. We all know how really clunky that question is. But if I can just ask you, Henry, what's your favorite way of answering that question when someone says, hey, Henry, what do you do? Well, since you use the example of a dinner party, I deflect and say, pass the butter. (laughs) But I actually, I I start with why I do what I do. And I, I say, I'm really passionate about working with people who are top performers and have to get their messages heard. So I am a communication and a business coach and uh, it's definitely my passion. So that's what I do. I start with why I do what I do and then what it is that I do. And in bringing you, um, so let me talk about the clearing. The clearing is the idea of coming to a space where you are able to be clutter-free, innovative. You know, you may well be about to say it's your girlfriend's deck or not, a clearing for me is because of my comedy improvisational background. It's like an empty theatre space, a theatre in the round, <clears throat> brimming and charged with potential where anything is possible. <clears throat> Excuse me, coughing. So what for you, Henry, is or would you describe as your metaphorical clearing about where you go in your head to get clear? 
my clearing is similar to yours. So when I was an apprentice a million years ago as an actor at a place called the Williamstown Theater Festival in the Berkshires, I would go late at night onto the stage of their, their big, massive, almost Broadway-sized stage, and there'd be the ghost light and a piano. Uh, and I was maybe 17, 18 years old. And this was a place where I would go and it had, it had a great magic to it and mystery and I could play the piano, which was for me as a young person, I play by ear and uh, it was a very meditative space. So I think of that often as a, you know, if I, I had to create, you know, in my imagination, my comfort space, my, my creative space, it's back to the Williamstown Theater Festival where the cobwebs are being spun and there's a, a beautiful old piano and a ghost light and shadows and a catwalk and uh, all the goose flesh you get from being in a space that's usually full of people. And I, I love the warmth implicit in being in a theatre that's sort of dark, but there is this ghost light, as you say, beautiful atmosphere there and the piano for your musical stuff. Lovely. So um, using the metaphor of a clearing, we're going to bring some storytelling archetypes into this. Um, so in a minute, I'm going to talk about a tree that we're going to shake to see which apples fall out. And we, we've got a storytelling exercise that you were kind enough to prepare. But first of all, in talking about the metaphor of the working voices clearing, what's been your journey to get to becoming a working voices trainer? Wow. I was doing work with inner city kids in New York uh, as part of a theatrical outreach. Uh, and it was conflict resolution. So I'd go into high schools and I would do improvisational work with these kids and get them to uh, further express themselves and deal with conflict resolution and issues. And every time I would do that job, I would come home and my wife at the time would say, you know, you light up like a Christmas tree every time you do that. And at the roughly the same time, my best friend from first grade who is a managing director at BlackRock and now moved on to another, an, another company. But he said, you know, Henry, there's this industry called coaching that does so much of what you already do as a, a teaching artist in the non-for-profit world. And corporate America could really use the skills that you bring to the table. Lowest hanging fruit was presentation skills, but behavioral, like emotional intelligence and executive presence and ultimately negotiations uh, theory and then role play. And I did a two-year certification program, never looked back, was lucky enough to meet Nick Smallman. And uh, uh, I regaled him uh, about everything that I know about gambling and about life. And then we finally talked coaching and I haven't looked back. It's been a marvelous ride. It's taken me all over the world. I'm very proud that I was able to be creative with working voices as well and create content that's still being used to this day. And nothing is more gratifying than knowing at the, in the morning that the people who queue up by the end of the day walk out a little bit better, a little bit that. more inspired, a little bit more passionate. And I love that at your core, you've got the transferable skills that are applicable about being an actor and bringing those skills to bear in turning people from, I suppose, good to great in what, what you do. We, we have that sort of in common because obviously I'm an actor by training background too. So yeah. um, you were kind enough, Henry, thank you for that, to um, answer your own version of 
an exercise called five, four, three, two, one. So I asked you to take about five minutes or as long as you needed to think about four things that have shaped you, three things that inspire you, two things that always grab your attention, and then one quirky or unusual fact about you, Mr. Henry Kaplan. I call you Henry Man with a Plan Kaplan, <laughs> as you know. So that's the journey of the stories that I've invited you. This is the idea of a tree that we're going to shape to see which apples fall out. So which one of those components would you most like to talk about? We can talk about uh, the four things that shaped me. Okay. I guess I should do that now. You should do that. <laughs> So the first one was an acting teacher who I had for many, many years. And it's interesting because I did a two-year certification program in coaching and it was, you know, working once a week and it was great. But I often draw, like you mentioned before, and we have this in common, on my acting experience as my secret sauce. Like I treat every single client that I work with as an artist without saying it explicitly. What is your vision? What are your values? What are your passions? Cut to this acting teacher. He was a disciple of a very tough uh, method acting teacher named Lee Strasberg, who's the pioneer of American method acting. For those of you who are not familiar, it's Marlon Brando and Al Pacino and all those um, immersiveness in your roles. And we would, in every class, start by asking ourselves this question, taking a breath, centering your body in the chair, metal folding chair, harsh, and say, where are you right now? Where are you holding your tension? What's in your mind? What's, what's consuming you? Where are you right now? Because in that class, he said, you're never going to be able to reach your goals, whether it's the scene or the monologue or, you know, uh, an imagined given circumstance. If you can't first center yourself and realize where you are right now. And it's pretty profound if you unpack it because it's so much about coaching to recognize when you're working with someone, self-awareness. Where are you right now? What do you have at your disposal that'll help you arrive at your goals? Well, how about even going more inward? What's happening in your body? What's it telling you? Where are you holding your tension? What, what is, you know, a physical manifestation of here, I'm, I'm going to get jargony and I hate jargon, but a manifestation of your self-limiting beliefs, meaning sometimes if you breathe into your shoulders, you actually, your brain, the chemicals will change and you'll actually see more possibilities because you're more present in the world. So that was a hugely influential, I hear his voice all the time when I coach was like that acting teacher. Permanent echo location, I suppose, because I'm, I'm so drawn to the idea that right at its core is the notion of presence, being truly monumentally present to the current moment and to the now, if you like. Yeah. Which also obviously overlaps into how we can help people develop and change when we're facilitating yeah. and coaching them. You want me to go through all four or? No, I think that's a lovely, really sort of epicentric core of that. Um, tell me a, a quirky or unusual fact that we couldn't possibly know about you, Henry, until you tell us. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, let's see. In my family, my grand uncle, he just recently passed, he was 94 years old. He started with very little and he became quite successful 
in his business. He partnered with my, with my grandfather. And he is like I am or was like I am of Jewish faith. And there are certain rules around charity. And one of them is to empower the people who you are bestowing your charity to, never wanting to strip them of their dignity and the importance of giving back. So he mysteriously was known as the bike man. And he donated thousands of bicycles to children in Montreal. And it was the best kept secret. Nobody knew it was him uh, until he passed. And it was because when he was a child, you know, he saved and saved and saved because he was very poor for a bicycle and he cleaned the spokes every day and he had this bicycle with great pride and this was something that he cherished. And that was just one of the many philanthropic things that he did. But, you know, again, it was the secret that I didn't even know my whole life until he passed away. And so I was interviewed by the, uh, the local news about the, the mystery of the Montreal bike men who was my granduncle, his name was Avram Morrow. And uh, again, back to coaching, when I coach people around their values and their core beliefs and the actions that they can take around them, I'm deeply inspired by him. He, he cast a, a very, very long shadow in my life in, in a really positive way. I love that. And I, I too love my bike. My bike is freedom for me. So. I can just only imagine how many, as you say, hundreds, if not thousands of people he set free by giving them the, the gift of a bicycle. Lovely and great quirky fact going well. So I'd like to now um, draw us to the clearing again, where I'm going to um, think about a cake now, Henry. I'm going to award you with a cake. And <laughs> on the cake, you're going to put a cherry on the top, which is your alchemy, your gold. You've given us lots of that already. But what's the favorite thing that you always find yourself imparting to people that you're working with? If you like, the, the, the alchemy of Henry Kaplan, what does he put on the top of the cake? Well, what I put on the top of the cake is you have the ability to put aside judgment. Judgment serves a purpose. And judgment can also be keeping you from reaching your goals. So it comes from uh, the actor Mark Rylance who said in an interview that before a performance, because he was asked, how do you star in a role every night on Broadway or you know, the West End? And he said, I look in the mirror and I go, judgment, you've been very good to me. You've gotten me very far, but I really need you to leave me alone for the next two hours while I do this performance. And I love that for a myriad of reasons. One is, there's some positive self-talk there. There's some self-awareness there. And there's the recognition that when you're learning something, when you're really learning something, and look, our bread and butter, Chris, we're in the learning biz, you know, helping people transform, helping, helping to learn, the, 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 the berating yourself for what you don't know or the should of, I should be, I should, I should, as opposed to, well, where are you right now? And how about you know, acknowledging you're feeling that way and then going, okay, that's where I am. Now, what can I do about it? What's at my disposal? So the, the putting aside judgment, you know, it, it, it adds a layer of openness that enables people to, to learn without judgment. And I, I find the older you get, 
you know, and this is not true for everybody, but for many people, the older you get, the harder it is to have the humility and humbleness to, to open yourself to thinking about new things and trying new things. So it's this constant conscious battle to let go of judgment of, oh, I should be this or I should be that. And just be where you are and think about what, what you want to achieve and do what you need to do to achieve it. Lovely. So you have been listening to What You Need is a damn good listening to with Henry Kaplan from Working Voices. And just a final question for you, Henry. What's a perfect day like for you? If you get on the open road of you can do your own thing, what's a perfect day for Henry? Gosh, a perfect day for me would be uh, early morning walk on the beach with my dog. Uh, followed by a nice, big, hearty, greasy breakfast, and then coaching people either in the room or virtually, and uh, ending the day with uh, friends or family, grilling on a big grill, uh, and uh, just celebrating celebrating life. That would be that would be my my perfect day. Henry Kaplan, the pleasure's been all mine. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to the Good Listening To podcast with me, Chris Grimes. If you've enjoyed listening and you'd like to hear more, then please do subscribe on all the usual channels. Plus, I'm hosted on Buzzsprout. And you can connect with me, Chris Grimes, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, at ThatChrisGrimes. Plus, you can also visit my two websites, secondcurve.uk and instantwit.co.uk. So thanks for listening to a GLT with me, CG. Until next time, OWTD, on with the day, and goodbye.